1 Thessalonians chapter 4 this morning and next Sunday morning as well. I called this morning, since you can't call it the same title on Sermon Audio, The Catching Up of the Church, Catching Up of the Church, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and reading if you want to follow along in our text, 1 Thessalonians 4, the same verses we read earlier, but it finds lodging in our hearts. I believe the more we read God's Word, there's always something new we can learn if we are in tune with the Spirit, but I would have you not to be, I would have you to not to be, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or proceed them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. If he comes today, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Tie them right in there together, John and Paul. And so we have the rapture of the church. Rapturo, shall we pray together before I get too wound up before prayer? Lord, we're just thankful for your word. We're just thankful for the Gideons and the ministry across the world, literally, and that we have a small part of that. Thank you for Kentucky and Tennessee and Mississippi being the number one district in all the world. We give you praise. May we continue to be so. Bless Brother Terry and the Gideons. Bless their ministry. And Lord, for our time together. Now, we have a busy week, I am sure, perhaps even a busy day, where we just pause for a few moments and allow your word to speak to us. We, as your children, we look forward to the time of the rapture, perhaps even today, imminent at any moment. Lord, if there be even one person under the sound of my voice, listening, listening online, live stream, listening via in person, or somebody down the road listening it later on, that you'd speak to the heart. If they don't know you, may they see the need of receiving you before it's too late. So, Lord, please help me today. I am nothing, and you are everything. May you fill me with your spirit today, please. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We've been talking about last couple times, or last time we talked about Israel, the nation of Israel. Are they to be in the land? I thought I'd just remind you that, yes, the land of Israel is promised to the Jew. Hold your finger there or let it go in 1 Thessalonians. Go all the way back to Genesis. I just wanted to set the stage again. Rebirth of Israel and the rapture of the church, rebirth of Israel. Now, by the way, I'm not saying that this rebirth of Israel right now, Israel could be scattered again. We can't say with definitive certainty, this is the Lord's coming so close now that this is right on the cusp. It might be, it might not be. And so the God understand, God has all in control. Just a reminder, I found these verses quite encouraging. I read them yesterday and today. Genesis 12 verse 7, Genesis 12 verse 7, and the Lord appeared unto Abram, Abraham later on, and said unto thy seed, will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord, and who appeared unto him, chapter 13 verse 14, 13, 14, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed of the dust of the earth, so that if man, a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. 15, 18, 15, 18. In the same day, the Lord, 
Yahweh made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt, Egypt, which I believe would be the Nile, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. You will hear a phrase among the, some of the naysayers, uh, some of the Islamic people, from the, uh, from, the, from the river to the sea. What they mean by that is no Jewish people from the river to the sea, from Euphrates River to this Mediterranean Sea, they want all the Jews completely obliterated. God said here that from the river Nile unto the river Euphrates, it was the Jewish land. And one more, 17.7, please. 17.7. And I will establish my, this is the Abrahamic covenant, continuing on. I'll establish my covenant between thee and thee, and between thy seed after thee in their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed with them. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art, a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Clearly, from Scripture, obviously, I believe that this, this land is their land. It's their land. Turn back with me, if you would, please. How about if you want to just find, find look at Isaiah 66 on the way back to 1 Thessalonians. Park for a moment in Isaiah 66. We read these verses last time, but sometimes I think it's good just to be reminded. I think a lot of the pastor's role is to remind us of what we've heard in the past and we just rejoice in what God's planning on doing. And uh, maybe not so much new, but to remind you that God's word does not fail. It stands. The songs we sang this morning, I intended to be that, especially the Bible stands. Isaiah 66, 7. Before she travailed, she brought forth before her pain came. She was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. That verse 7. Before she travailed, she brought forth... Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child from the book that Mrs. McClure loaned me called Wars of the End Times by Dr. David Reagan. He says these words, When Israel miraculously became a nation again in May 14, 1948, it was birthed in war and has continued to be plagued by war until this day. We just read that verse 66-7 of Isaiah. This remarkable prophecy says that the birth of the modern state of Israel would be unusual and that the birth pangs would follow the birth instead of leading up to it. And that's exactly what has happened. He continues, on the day after the Declaration of Independence was read by David Ben-Gurion, which also the airport, I think, is now called Ben-Gurion Airport, in Tel Aviv, five Arab armies the day after Egypt, Transjordan, Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon attacked the new state of Israel with the intention of completely destroying it. The day after, declared a nation. It was called the War of Independence. Now, it seems to me that there has been a lot of fight against Israel since the time of Abraham. And I'm not going to take too much time, but just little reminders. This is thanks to martinwickens.com. Uh, he's, this reminder of what Israel's been through. 722, the Assyrian conquers in captivity in the northern kingdom. 701, Assyrian conquers again. 586, the fall of the southern kingdom and the killing of so many. 473, Esther's era. Haman tries to destroy the Jews. 169, Antiochus Epiphanes goes in and desecrates the temple. And there's the Judas Maccabeus and the revolt. 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed. Over a million Jews killed in 70 AD. 8135, over 500,000 killed in 8135. 8339, 
it was illegal for Jews to marry Christians. 438, Theodosius prohibits Jews from any high office in the Roman world. 531 AD, prohibitions were enforced and Jews were not able to testify against Christians. 722, Leo III ordered Jews to become Christians, all Jews to become Christians. In 1066, Muslim massacres 4,000 Jews in one day in Spain. In 1096, when Pope Urban II proclaimed the first crusade, as the crusaders were going through uh, countries and they found Jews, they killed them. Matter of fact, the Jews got so discouraged, they started what was called the Kiddush uh, Hashim, the tradition of sacrifice, and if they saw them coming through, there would be a massive, sac- a massive suicide among the Jews rather than being killed because they wanted to die in their own manner. 1253, Henry III started this badge, the badge of shame. In 1275, Edward I made it six fingers long, three fingers wide, and made it yellow taffeta. This was 2000, or 1275 A.D., not during, it's long before Hitler got that idea, it was already put in place. 1290, all Jews ordered out of England. 1306, all Jews ordered out of France. 1475, uh, in the city of Trent, Italy, many were killed. All Jews were killed. All Jews. 13, uh, 1571 or 1371, Jews massacred at Castile by Henry II. 1391, massacred at Seville. In 1479, Ferdinand and Isabella unite Spain, outgo the Jews and the non-Catholic Christians. 1492, when Columbus is sailing the ocean blue, the Edith expulsion from Spain, 300,000 Jews expelled from Spain. 1506, they sought, those sought refuge in Portugal were all massacred and mostly massacred and tortured. Cossacks in 1648 massacred hundreds of thousands of Jews in Poland. 1660, Jews blamed for de- black death and slaughtered in many, many countries. It is clear Bring us up all the way to the 1900s, Hitler, 6 million Jews killed by Hitler. And what did they have? Do you remember what they had to wear? A badge of shame. I'm a Jew. A badge of shame. He concludes, the miracles could continue, could only continue, he says, when you consider the fight of their survival from the very first day against the united forces of Muslim nations, Israel has one eight hundredth the land mass and yet survives and even thrives. One eight hundredth land mass, contrary to the Arab Muslim nations. A rabbi once told Ferdinand and Isabella, you cannot curse us, for there's a blessing on us. And you cannot bless us, for there's a curse upon us. Something inexplicable about the... Israel's still surviving. The inexplicable thing is a God who, who saves and keeps them. Final thought, Israel may not have allowed to go freely anywhere else. You wonder why Israel comes to other countries? It's the only place they can live. Almost every other country in the world, we don't want you necessarily. 1948, they start returning to Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu, a very popular quote the last couple of weeks, once said, if the Arabs were to put down their weapons today, there would be no more violence. If the Jews were to put down their weapons today, there would be no more Israel. No more Israel. So have the Jews been returning to the land? I'm glad you asked that question. Perhaps no one asked that question, but I'd like to answer that question. There are now almost, there's over 7 million Jews in Israel, nearly half of the 16 million across the world, Listen to these statistics. I was unaware. This is from Pastor Broggy down in uh, Beaufort, uh, South Carolina. Very reputable pastor. 
In 48, in Egypt, there were 66,000 Jews. Today, less than 200. In Iraq, there were 150,048. In Iraq, there's less than 10. In Syria, 15,048. Today, less than 100. Iran, there was 1948, there was 95,000 Jews in Iran. Today, there's 9,826, approximately. In Yemen, there were 48,000. Today, less than 50. In Lebanon, there were 20,000 Jews in 48, now less than 100. And in Ethiopia, there were 50,000 Jews. Now there are 7,500. I'm telling you, Israel's been going back. There were 600,000 Jews in Israel at 1948. Now, 7.16 million, something like that. It's amazing. How about America? I praise the Lord that America has been on the side of the Jew. Are there a lot of Jews in America? Well, just from the everlasting nation, which the, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Watson worked with, got the little magazine this last week. Listen to these statistics regarding Jews along the East Coast, near New York City, Boston, 235,000, Hartford, New Haven, 57,000, Metro New York, there are 1.7 million Jews, Northeast Jersey, 417,000, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, New Jersey 49,000, I almost talked like New Jersey, Philadelphia, 206,000, Baltimore, 92,000, and Montgomery, Prince George, Maryland, 104,000, Washington, D.C., 216,000. If you quickly add it up, over 3 million Jews live on the east coast of our own country. I'm glad we've been on the Jew side. Because if you bless Israel, God will bless you. If you curse Israel, you are without hope. Without hope. Now that brings us all the way back to the issue of the church. By the way, I, could, there, I was just reading, reading last, yesterday, Schaefer's Theological uh, Systematic Theology, gives 23 or 24 reasons how the church and Israel are distinct. We have not replaced the church. Israel has not been replaced by the church. God still has all these promises given to Israel are going to come to pass. God's word is true. Let every man be else be a liar, but God's word will stand. So we find we are in the church age. Now there are some Jews in the church today. There are approximately 30,000 Bible-believing Christian Jews in Israel today, about 30,000 in Israel today. We are waiting for it back over here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, but I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep. The question was this. They were not doubting the resurrection. The question was, and the three months from when Paul was there, three weeks, approximately three months later, he starts pinning this letter, from what I understand, back to the Thessalonians, the church there. I thought it was very interesting what the, Mr. Lauderdale said in Sunday school. Paul caused two things when he went to a city, a new church and a riot. So every time Paul went somewhere, his church was started, and a riot was started, it seems. And so uh, that's what happened. But they're wondering. They're, they don't have the New Testament. So, but I would have, not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So they're wondering, my grandmother has died. Is she going to miss the millennial kingdom? Is she going to miss Christ returning that was the question. So today we think about the second advent. I'll give a big broad scope. The second advent, we start with the tribulation. Sorry, we start with the, the return of Christ for his church. We go up to heaven. Tribulation happens here on earth. And then we come back to be with him at the great revelation, Revelation 19. When Christ comes back to rule and to reign, he must come for his saints before he can come with his saints. 
We have been saved from the wrath to come. Uh, the, the one guy we've been listening to, he said, it's impossible that the church would go through the tribulation period. And so we'll talk about that more another time. I'm not starting another whole topic, so please rest assured, I am watching the clock. It's been, stopped. It's been on the same place since I started, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> We're going to meet the Lord in the air. He comes back for his church. It's going to be an amazing thing. We're caught up. Same word, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, about verse 3. Paul was caught up, verse 4, harpazo. It's a, it's a snatching away. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51-52, it says, The twinkling of an eye, eight one-hundredths of a second. Not the blinking of an eye, the twinkling of an eye. It's like, uh, it's like when you're dating and you have a, and you, after, okay, when you're dating and it's like, wow, wow, she looks so beautiful today. It's that like, twinkling of the eye, woohoo! And she'll give you a twinkling of the eye and woohoo! Oh, man, I love that woman. Now I still love the, I don't have that. I still love her more than ever. But uh, I will have to say my romanticism has changed a little since we were. But if you will do after you get married, what you did before you got married, in order to get married. You'll stay married. It's we men. We get married and we say, oh, I've got, I've, you know, I'm, I'm done now. because The woman's my wife. I don't have to do any of those things. The flowers, the c- chocolate, all those things are not needed anymore. They're, they're probably needed more than ever. Because the, the wife looks at the husband and says, that's not the man that I was dating. Who is this guy? He's like, he doesn't do anything for me anymore. And like, Open your own door. That's not the way. So, I don't know how sure how we got off that, but there we are. <laughs> We're going to be caught up together. Oh, the twinkling of the eye, that's where he got it from. The twinkling of the eye. So, he said, well, Pastor, I'm going to wait. Because surely someone's going to see this large body of people coming back from in heaven, and they're going to say, get ready. You've got three hours, two hours, one. Okay, I'm going to pray the prayer now. I've got an hour. I've got 15 minutes before he comes, gets here. No, he's, it's a twinkling of an eye. If you're not ready when he comes, you're going to be left behind for the most awful days in world history called the tribulation period, which weren't designed for you. Tribulation period clearly designed, number one, for the Jewish people to get them to receive Christ as the Messiah. He will bring them from all around, all the nations will bring them in, and they will receive him. Not every single individual will, but as a nation they will. And secondly, to pour out his wrath on an unbelieving world. Two primary purposes for the tribulation. But it's Daniel's. It's the 70th week of Daniel. So the church, you don't find them from, maybe you would say chapter 4, verse 1. You heard the trumpet. From then on, there's no church in Revelation until they come back with him in 19. So I'm not an amillennialist, a postmillennialist, or I believe in a thousand year. Alva J. McLean says the Old Testament is moving inexorably toward the thousand year reign of Christ on earth, which we'll be a part of. He will reign. He will reign forever. It's amazing. But we're, we're waiting for the rapture of the church to be snatched away. It's interesting in Matthew chapter 24, if you want to turn over there for a minute, Matthew 24. Pastor, we're not even hardly to the beginning. Pastor, the first verse, you're right. Matthew chapter 24. But my wife says, you just preach it. And then stop, you know, don't worry about time. We don't, there's not a certain time level. We, have, we don't have to get all this message done today. By the way, we would, ne- we would be here till like 3 o'clock to get all my message done today. So we'll just stop the normal time, 2416. And it says, Then let them which be in where? 
Judea, not Los Angeles, not New York City, not Frankfurt, not Greenup, that be in Judea, flee into the mountains. So what does that put to connect the dots? Who has to be back in the land of Israel? The Jews have to be back. Let those that are in Judea flee. At the middle of tribulation time, the, Satan, uh, the Antichrist turns on the Jews after three and a half years of, of, on their side, turns on them and starts persecuting them. Flee to the mountains. So much persecution is going to come in the tribulation time. So why would you even want to risk, number one, that you can believe Christ after the tribulation and not believe the lie mentioned in 2 Thessalonians 2? And two, why would you want to be, go through all the hard times? I just read this yesterday. Well, a gentleman in our church sent me an article on how the fact that one of the largest chicken producers in America now has bought into the insect world. And they're going to start making, and they're going to start making, using insects to make different meal and things. Eventually, if you believe in the new world order, if you follow along with the new world order and all the economic forum, world economic forum, they want us to become insect consumers. And I'm thinking, why would we, this wonderful farmers who are doing such a wonderful job of raising this wonderful corn and grain, why do we want, if we can get that, why would we want to go over to that? Can I just say, though, in North Korea, that that's what they, subs- that's what they subsist on in either spring or fall. They live on the grasshoppers. You and I have been blessed beyond measure. May we rejoice. And God's been so good to us. So they're in the land. This rapture is catching up. It's imminent. It means at any moment. Again, nothing needs to be fulfilled for Jesus to come back for his church. It's a non-prophetically driven event. There's no prophecy has to happen for the church to be caught up. A lot of things have to happen before he comes back to rule and to reign with his saints and the battle of Armageddon. A lot of things have to happen before that. But I'm telling you, if you are a historic, literal, historical, grammatical interpreter of Scripture, hey, we are out before the tribulation comes. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. He's not talking about here. We have to go up to be with him for a time before we come back to rule and to reign. We have to, it says clearly, we are caught up to meet him in the air. When he comes back to rule and to reign, we're parking down here. He's coming down here. He's cleaning house. 75 days later, the millennium starts. Daniel 12, 12, and 13. 75 day, days later, the, the tribulation, or the, tri, the millennium starts. 75 days to clean up after the battle of Armageddon, the judgment of the sheep and the goats, etc. But we come all the way back here. Here in our text, it says clearly for us, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that we're going to meet him in the air. It's going, to be, it's going to be a tenor alto duet. I don't know what part I'm going to sing yet, but one of the two is going to be for me and one or two for you. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as even as those which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, etc., 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be harpazoed, caught up, Together 
with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Bible study Tuesdays, I have a couple more weeks. The lady said, you know what? There's going to be a lot of nice things in heaven, but heaven is nothing without Jesus. You are spot on, Coetta, spot on. That's what makes heaven great. It's Jesus is there. We will walk and talk with him. I've heard an illustration this week. The guy said, Pastor Brogan was preaching. He said, you know, if you went out to your, to your, out to your property and you buried in your property some glass and earthenware and some iron ore and some lead and things all over your property, maybe say an acre, and then you would go over to the, the junkyard and they have those big magnets that come along and they, and they crack up a whole car and they bring it over and they drop it in the crusher. Sorry. And they crush it. That magnet picks up things that are attracted to it. So here we drive this big truck over. It was a big magnet and it goes over to my field and it starts... Everything that's in tune with that magnet and can be magnetized, out of the ground it comes because it's so powerful. When Jesus comes back, those who are attuned with him and have the same characteristics because Christ liveth in me. Oh, what a salvation this. Up from the grave we go because we are in tune and when he comes back, there we go. The thing is, are you on his same wavelength today? Do you know the Savior? If you're not ready, please come right now with an invitation time and receive him. Let's pray. Heads your bed, heads your bow, eyes are closed. Lord, thank you for helping me today, as you do each Sunday. I, I want to be hidden behind the text of Scripture. Lord, if there are those who are not ready, I pray today you'd speak to their hearts. May they see perhaps for the first time or for the hundredth time that they need to get right with you. It's a relationship. The salient verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what you're offering. It's not an easy life. You said take up your cross and follow you. But Lord, if there be doubts, struggles. Lord, may they get them settled through the power of the Spirit today. Lord, speak to hearts. If there's a heart to be spoken to, may they respond. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.